everyone, welcome back to QSR Nation, your weekly source of food service marketing and business strategies for success. Here are your hosts, Josh, Beth, Tony, and Grant from the PFS Brands National Headquarters in Holt Summit, Missouri. Hey everybody, welcome back to QSR Nation. As always, we have Josh, Beth, Grant, and Tony here from the PFS Brands National Headquarters in Wholesome, Missouri to talk about food service marketing and business strategies for success. Today we're really excited to have Brandon and Amelia Hughes here of Wild North. Welcome guys. Thank you. Thank you. you guys want to tell us a little bit about your business? So we own a food cart in Portland, Oregon. Um, we do seasonal whole proteins. It's all wood fired and we focus on uh, getting all of our ingredients within 100 miles. Awesome. Oh wow. That's also, they were telling me, so uh, yesterday, um, by the way, Brandon's my cousin, so I apologize that, you know, he's related to me, uh, <laughs> but they were telling me about how you guys actually drove, it was like over an hour to get lamb, just because all your special dishes that you do make, you, try, you really try and take pride in the fact that you're going to have most of them, like, local organic food and the best prepared items. So just tell us a little bit more about, like, how you go and figure out which items and where you purchase them at. We work with mostly vendors who sell at farmer's markets, um, and... A lot of it we just found um, by walking around introducing ourselves and letting them know what we were doing and um, just asking about their wholesale program. Um, it depends on the season, like it, for, but for the most part we use a, mostly the same farmers. Mostly, um, actually, yeah. It just kind of depends on what they have available. Right. But. Oh, when you're out there and you're sourcing those out, I mean, what, what are the... the do you guys have a pretty standard menu, or do you do certain specials? And you mentioned some seasonality things, but you change it up. So pretty we often. do we, whole proteins. Yeah, we um, change it up every season, every time. Every three or four months. Menu. So nothing standard, really. Yeah, it's standard is we keep one meat and one fish usually. Okay. Seafood type. The whole okay. thing changes because we do like nose to tail. That's what I say when I mean whole proteins. Yeah. Um, so the whole menu is built around those proteins. Oh, wow. And whatever is available seasonally produce-wise, too. Yeah. So what typically do you find to be kind of one of your like, most popular um, dishes that you guys serve? The bread bowls that you see right there uh, are usually a big hit. because you know, We eat, always do bread bowls. Yeah, they just change We're always going to do bread, yeah. And, yeah, we change what, either what the those type of Those are pretty standard or, every okay. season. So, like, for your regular customers, is there some that always just try your bread bowls then? Is that, yeah. yeah um, even though they change, but... Yeah, yeah, and it just depends on the season. Um, like, right now, we have a rabbit chili. Um, as That's our, like, meat bread bowl. Okay. Um, and then we have a chicory coffee and carrot soup as our other one. Um, so we try to do one with meat and one that's either vegetarian or, like, a chowder type thing if we have a fish that we want to use. Well, I tell you, for the listeners, if you go to uh, wildnorthpdx.com, you can see a picture of that bread bowl, and it looks amazing. Yeah, it's, it's great. Or I mean, follow us on Instagram. Yes, yeah. there you go. Follow yeah. us on Instagram. Yeah. Their descriptions alone, like, are sold. I'm like, I'll drive. I'll fly. I don't care. I'm not going. It, it, we mentioned it's uh, wildnorthpdx.com. The reason why it's PDX is you mentioned flying. Is it's, you guys are at the airport then, right? No. No, or, no. no, 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 we're not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> no, that's just like question. PDX yeah. is just uh, a, in Portland. That's what people call Portland. Gotcha. It's like PDX a nickname for the city. Portland. Yeah. CR town's not big enough to be yeah. called. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of a lot of businesses will have PDX like on their social media handle or their website because it's just like an easier way to yeah. if there's someone else with your business name. So how did you? Oh, sorry. Okay, no, no, <laughs> so how did you guys get started in the food truck business? 
Well, Brandon's been cooking for probably 10 years now. 10 now. years now. And we did, well, we did a pop-up a few years ago with this yeah. concept. We had this, I had been thinking of this concept for a long time. And we did a pop-up restaurant, which is, you know, you just, we rented out a restaurant space and we just ran a restaurant for two days. Hmm. And um, it's kind of like this menu. We did a whole pig. We didn't do any, oh, well, we did catfish too. We did, yeah, yeah, we did, we did catfish a pig and, and catfish. And then um, we did this and we decided we'd try to make it a food cart. And her family's from Portland. I think you'd be, if you want to explain how yeah, we got here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so we moved to Portland. We were living in Minneapolis, but we moved to Portland because my family owns some land out there. Um, and so eventually we'd like to be growing all of our own produce and raising all of our own animals. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, so right now we're sourcing from other people because we just aren't quite there yet, but um, that's like the dream. Um, and Portland also is just a lot more um, food cart friendly, I guess. Uh, it's You don't see as many opening and closing, I guess, as in Minneapolis. There was We really liked Minneapolis, but um, it's also very seasonal being that it's so cold in the winter mm-hmm. like food carts really they're not carts they're trucks um and they don't have permanent spots so in portland there's pods um right now we're at a brewery but we like lease a space so we're mm-hmm. in the same spot for a year at a time um and it's we're mobile in the sense that we have wheels but like we don't really move mm-hmm. right. mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so how did you guys i mean are there like multiple um food trucks right there with you in an area creating like a destination spot or the first place we were at for the first year yeah um we were in a pod with like 30 other carts oh that's awesome yeah Yeah. it's like the original pod in portland it's called cartlandia and it's full of like that's all it's food carts so well i bet that really helps especially with traffic and because i mean it creates that destination area when you just being it's also very like touristy for anyone that comes to town that people want to check out food carts and they go that's you go find a pod Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the local fair is always the best way to go, and I mean, in a, in a basically a farm-to-table setting as well. I mean, that's that's a huge uh, expansion of uh, you know food growth in this in this country right now. I mean, the the, the move towards that is so um, impressive. I've got a friend; she has a restaurant down in Springfield, and did a similar thing. And, you know, seeing that uh, that growth and the the, the adaptation mm-hmm. of the consumer, there's really feel like hey this is really great fresh you know it's, it's local grown local produced I mean they just feel like there's just a, a better overall value in yeah. what they're getting for their months people really appreciate it and and it's I think that there's definitely value in someone asking you where did this piece of meat come from and you can tell them the name of the farmer yeah mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah. you know and that's one of the great things about you know locally owned and locally sourced um, you know, I know we deal with a lot of things that are sourced all over the world, um, but that's one thing that's a great niche for you guys to be in and uh, to have that there. Do you, I mean, that also probably presents some probably struggles as well, right, with Absolutely. sourcing. And, and, and I spend an insane amount of time in my car. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, have you guys been able to, to look at, I mean, there's some point you mentioned you try to use the same farmers more consistently. Is, does that really help you with your sourcing so you don't have to be you know, driving 100 miles everywhere yeah, to get absolutely. everything. Yeah. It does. We have like four or five that we use pretty consistently. Yeah. Um, and they also, there's a year-round farmer's market where I can go and pick everything up once a week. I just like let them know ahead of time what I want. And, and they're able to bring it there so I can pick it up. But um, we don't really get like deliveries. So we still have to figure out how much we need ahead of time, order it, make sure that we've got enough space to store it and all of that. But 
But when they say they source everything, like they even source down to their butter. Like she works with a lady that like creates her own butter, and then they order wow. those every so often. So I mean, everything that you're getting at their food cart is completely all natural. I mean, it's amazing and incredible. You should definitely go and visit their website. Um, their setup is awesome, and it just kind of gives you an idea as to anyone that's out there that is interested in getting a food cart or a food truck concept out there. Just because of the uniqueness and everything else that you get to have, you know, getting to change your menu up anytime that you would want, or just getting the variety that you're kind of looking for whenever it comes to. You're tired of always having to sell the same thing on your menu or having a standard menu board. Um, definitely check out their website and see what they offer and everything they can do. But follow them on Instagram, on Facebook. They have a website, um, and we'll link you all to that. But it's an amazing concept. Yeah, because um, you're changing your menu so often. How do regulations and things like that work? We have a license um, through... It's like I said, a little bit different in Portland than I, I think mostly everywhere, everywhere else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but we just have a license for a yeah. year, and we let the health department know when we change the menu. Oh. Um, and that we're lucky that we have a health department that really wants to work with us. Um, yeah, it's different in most areas. I can yeah. email them and ask them a question, and they respond in an That's hour, good. which is yeah. great. Instead of like having to worry about, mm-hmm. you know, that you're trying to skirt around regulations mm-hmm. or whatever. Like Maybe. they're really willing to work with you, and yeah. want, and they want you to be successful because it's such a industry, I guess, right. in Portland. Mm-hmm. And so our headquarters here, we're just outside Jefferson City, and uh, over the last, you know, just a year or two, we've seen a lot more food trucks or food mm-hmm. carts um, come around. Can you guys speak to um, how much that industry has grown over the last few years? Um, I don't know the exact figures, but there is a, there's some market research um, article that I read that it's like a couple billion dollar industry now and I think it's because people are so tired of working for someone else yeah it's like it's super low overhead I mean comparatively to you know brick and mortar Mm -hmm. Um, and consumers have taken a liking to it Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's quick it's convenient Um, I mean part of our concept is that like you shouldn't have to get dressed up to eat great food there's no reason you should have to dress fancy to eat fancy yeah, and spend a ton of money yeah, yeah. Um, and I think people really like that it's just like you know you can make a lot more food approachable to a lot more people um, in a food cart environment rather than a brick and mortar restaurant so and you mentioned about working for yourself or you work for someone else too now um, anyone who runs a restaurant uh, they know that it's usually about a 30 hour a week gig Right, you just you get all the time. <laughs> 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 so, so yeah, and everyone who just um, made up some gestures at me through the, the radio. Um, just funny, kidding, funny joke. Just kidding. Um, so I mean, compared it to you know, cooking or even being in the brick and mortar setting, I mean. Hours wise, I mean, is, I mean, are you still it's like that 80, 100 hour week commitment? I times? mean, it's more right yeah. now because it's only just us. We, gotcha. I mean, we're we still don't so have any small. Employees. We don't have any employees yet, but I still have a part time job somewhere else, um, yeah. which is it's it's very flexible. So I'm really lucky um, that I'm able to to work when I can and turn it down if I'm not able to or if we have something we need to do with the cart. Um, but it's yeah, I mean, it's pretty like consistently sixteen hour days. I would say. Most of the time, five or six days a week. That's awesome. I mean, and do you guys do breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or uh, we only do breakfast on Sundays, okay. um, but we do lunch and dinner every day mm-hmm. except Tuesday. So, what is your? I'm gonna just put you on the spot. So, what has been your favorite dish or your, something that you've remembered the most all the time that you've been cooking? What is your most favorite dish? Uh, that we serve at this like restaurant forever, forever <laughs> that you've made. Oh man. <laughs> I am a fan. I, I am a really a fan of the bread bowls. I've I've 
in my 10-year career, I've wanted to learn how to make bread, and that's been like my biggest challenge as mm -hmm. a chef. And as soon as I moved to Portland, I got a baking job so I can you know, really learn it. And now I'm glad I do, you know, because I, I think I nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it's, my, it's my favorite, you know, and I, I love the concept of like, uh, like eating your dish, I guess. Yeah. Better for the environment type yeah. of thing, mm -hmm. you know. The ultimate disposable plate. <laughs> oh man! But, and it looks like again, it just looks fabulous. I mean, it's it's early in the morning today, but boy, I could I could tear that up. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. really good. So so I mean, again, you, listeners, you got to go to the website. You got to see this picture. But what what is actually in this bread bowl that you have there? So this is a chili special that we did. This is not the one that we currently have on our menu. No, this no, is this one is just that we a did, special um, we did. I don't remember what meat was in I think there. it was lamb I think we did like so with the cons with our concept of using the whole animal um, part of the way we're able to keep our food costs down and make it more approachable is that we use like the cuts of meat that people would normally throw away or um, or just not buy or whatever we're like, just trying to reduce waste yeah exactly like, so like I think utilize this, every part of the I think animal. this we use like I think we use the head of the lamb we boiled it down and um, this one's on our Instagram, so I'm gonna look up what the description was. Cause I yeah, <laughs> I mean, it just looks amazing, and, yeah. and by being in that 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 head to tail, you know, yeah. opportunity. I mean, you can do the different stews, and you can do the different mm -hmm. chilies. Play around with yeah, them. so I many mean, different. And there are so many different things that you can put together yeah. with those things. I mean, I just think that I mean, it just looks amazing. And we got some really bright veggies in there, which I'm a meatitarian, but man, that looks good. <laughs> and I would say, yeah. so Amelia does the, the marketing for it, and I will 100% say, like, the descriptions are key when it comes to a food truck or a food cart or anything like that, because you have to make sure that you're appealing to those customers. And every single time I read one of the descriptions, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the most incredible thing ever. Even though I may not necessarily know what Brandon uses in the stew, I'll forget that part, because it does sound so amazing. It, yeah, most, and that's the thing most people don't really, they think they don't want to try, like the head or the mm -hmm. heart or liver or whatever, but I don't know, people see it and they, they give you that look like it's weird, but I'll try People it. are a lot more right. adventurous. Yeah, they're a little, that that's the whole point, they want for. people to be adventurous, uh -huh. they want people to try the weird things. You know, yeah. and that's the thing is, what and what's funny is, you know, what what's weird in, in one area is, is completely like standardized in another, yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some of my cousins that you know live down south. This is probably gonna make it gross out, but they used to pick brains mm -hmm. and eggs, and I'm just like, I love bacon. Yeah, I mean, I'm serious. My, my 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 greatest relationship in my life was between me and a piece of bacon. But, <laughs> however, <laughs> not so much the brains. Not so much the brains. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's just one of those things that it's amazing. You know, all the different components, uh, you know, of the protein that you can use. It actually tastes really, really well, mm -hmm. especially if you serve it up right. Maybe not with ketchup, but yeah. <laughs> it just tastes well. But are actually really good for you too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So this one had duck and turkey sausage in it. Oh, this was our first Woodstock yeah, chili. Yeah. So what I had written on here was uh, house-made duck and turkey sausage, tomatoes fresh from our wild North Garden. We did have a garden last year, and we um, were able to grow things like tomatoes. Um, Topped with tasty morsels of bourbon, marinated wild mushrooms, and chanterelles. Garden fresh pickled carrots, wrist crackers, creme fraiche, served in wood-fired sourdough bread bowl with a side of Jacob's Creamery butter. Nice. Uh, it looks so good. Bourbon yeah, marinated mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that might be my favorite ingredient. Yeah, you just I've take, had it on every menu so far. <laughs> you use them a lot. You just take like, fresh or dehydrated mushrooms. I have a mushroom guy that it's like 
what his stand is at the farmer's market. He's just mm-hmm. like a mushroom forager. Um, and you just dump cheap bourbon in there and like let them soak and like soak it all up. Awesome. And then I cook them down and, mm-hmm. and I preserve them so they just yeah. last for weeks. And try Slightly that. disappointed you didn't bring any to try, but I mean, yeah. we'll let it go this time. <laughs> You've been tough on the plane. Sacrifices. But I'd say, you know, I mean, when you're able to, you know, take time off, um, what does that even look like? Do you guys, I mean, do you, do you take a day a week off? Do you never take a day a week off? I mean, we're we just starting yeah, to a take a consistent day off. Um, yeah. But it's mostly, I mean, like, Brandon spends a couple hours of that day chopping wood for the next week. Yeah, because um, you do the wood fire. Yeah, right, it's right. all so wood we also fire. Harvest we don't, our have, wood. We don't <laughs> use propane or anything like yeah. that, so... We have this uh, wood-fired oven in our cart that takes up, like, half the cart. Um, and something has to got to have something to power it. So that's a lot of your time off is spent still doing. <laughs> still doing, <laughs> still doing things, but yeah. I, they definitely relax a lot more. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I know um, I, I just I can tell you, um, as, as a guy who obviously loves to eat um i truly appreciate you guys being out there and doing these things because um yeah we're gonna hit a food truck up later this is is looking good so you guys have won some really sweet accolades so can you tell us about some of your awards and recognitions that you've gotten um so last year for 2018 we were eater pdx's food cart of the year the people's choice winner Nice. Um, which was great. Yeah, yeah. it was super exciting mm-hmm. um, and totally unexpected, which was also really <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and Willamette Week, which is a like local weekly newspaper, um, has written, they wrote a pretty nice article on us in July, I think. Um, and Yeah, it was July. Yeah, and right now there's actually another one coming out like next week maybe for their like, Cheap Eats issue that they do every year. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm excited about that because I think it's like a... You know, for food carts, it's, it's a draw. So yeah. It's a yeah, more affordable. sure. Um, and those are the people we want to bring in. But um, yeah. we also have just a couple of, like, smaller mentions here and there. Um, Uneater and Portland Mercury is another, like, local, uh, I guess, news, it's a print newspaper, but they have a website, too. Um, and we were on Good Day Oregon, which is, a like, our local news station. Mm-hmm. Um, they came and did an interview with us for... One of their like summer features, you know, get out and what can you do with your family kind of yeah kind of things. That's awesome. Well, I mean, getting the word out. I mean, it's super important trying to get different different people of the press that are out there just talking about your business. Especially if you're a mobile business, you want to make sure if you're not necessarily brick and mortar, it's easier yeah. to say, "Come check us out here. Here's our address." Um, but like, what is the one thing that you would recommend or your piece of advice for other people that are interested in starting a business like this of just trying to get those press accolades and just getting someone out there to talk about it? Um, I mean, we started with social media and the website, and I have zero training in like coding or website building at all, and I did this website myself. Mm-hmm. Like, it was really easy, a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Um, so it's definitely doable for anyone. Uh, same with Instagram, Facebook. Like, I just try to post on there at least a couple times a week. Um, and if we have a special, we always try. I try to take the best pictures I can. And I, all the pictures we have are just taken on my phone. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Um, We've noticed that the more you update Instagram and Facebook, the more it definitely people it, yeah. it makes it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really use Twitter because I just, I'm like, 
feel like I'm too old. <laughs> like, I just like miss that boat. Um, it's not as food friendly as Instagram is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Is um, the the photos really really make a difference. Um, and, I mean, people come and they say, "I saw that," and then I, I want that mm-hmm. thing that yeah. I saw. Um, but also like just be like the squeaky wheel. All of these websites, like for us, Willamette Week and Eater, um, and Portland Mercury, they all have like tip. Like you can submit tips anonymously or not anonymously, and so anytime that we change our menu, or we started doing brunch, or we have some big event coming up or whatever, you just like submit these right. you know information, and a lot of times they'll just copy and paste it onto their calendar, or sometimes they'll call you or post an article, and you don't. I mean, a lot of times like they have posted you know photos and articles about us and I don't find out until someone else points it out to me mm-hmm. um, so you may not always hear back from them but you'd be shocked like it's you know people this is part of someone's job to like figure out what's going on around town mm-hmm. um, so I'm just like constantly submitting to these websites that I know our customers are reading mm-hmm. um, to publish stuff about us so essentially you've basically done all free advertising methods mm-hmm. as of right now and yes. so but it, yeah <laughs> I get so many calls from Google but, and Yelp and I refuse yeah <laughs> but it's incredible the business that you've started with just that kind of thing and that's the importance of social media which we've talked about in several different podcasts of you know social media is king and you could do some boosted posts you could do all that kind of thing but you have to make sure you're consistent you have a voice and you're willing to go in there and interact with people who have questions about your business whether it's good bad ugly you have to make sure that you always have someone that's responding so um it's really it's awesome that you guys do that and it's just a true testament of how powerful free advertising can be if you stay on top of it and you stay consistent with it like to your point i said what you said just be the squeaky wheel just keep going continue mm-hmm. to do it just keep putting things out there and people will start following you yeah, yeah. i think it, i mean certainly like i most of the time really i don't get a response from wherever mm-hmm. i am submitting this stuff to but it doesn't mean that they're not looking and watching and right. eventually writing something yeah. about us mm-hmm. but the one to two responses you might get right get yeah worth yep. it for the whole yeah. thing uh-huh. so but and also, even if it's five visits, like I yeah. get five guests from something, like that's five guests I didn't have yeah. before. Exactly. Yeah, it's also understanding though, that, like okay, you don't want to do Twitter, which is perfectly fine. <laughs> but you found your niche on Instagram because yeah. you understand that that social media outlet is the most important for your guys' business. So it's awesome, and you don't have to do every single thing. No. Yeah. Um, so just figure out which niche market you want to do. Well, I for one am super proud of you guys. I mean, it's an amazing thing that you've done, and you know, you're one of the entrepreneurs of the family. So I really appreciate it. So, uh, thank you guys for coming on today. Uh, you traveled a little bit of distance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they can find you on Instagram. Is it um, Wild North PDX? Wild North PDX, like across the board. Okay, no matter right. where you find us. I, we on Instagram.com really and all that good stuff. You'll yeah. want to check out those pictures yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 Right. Once again, guys, thanks for coming on, and um, for all of our listeners, we'll talk to you next week. See ya. Today's episode is brought to you by Champs Chicken. For deals, discounts, and updates, check out champschicken.com slash connect. Be sure to stop by next week for another episode of QSR Nation. And be sure to check us out online at pfsbrands.com forward slash podcast. Podcast.